Hey, welcome to the Real Life Youth Podcast, where you will find real, authentic messages, testimonies, and conversations that I hope really helps you along your journey through faith. So if you are taking your time out today to listen to this podcast, I just want to say thank you, and I hope it truly inspires you. God bless. Who has heard of Lord of the Rings? Raise your hand. But you haven't watched it. Okay, you have to watch Lord of the Rings. Now, I'm not talking The Hobbit, even though The Hobbit is good. You got to watch Lord of the Rings. So basically in that scene, you have Gandalf, who's like the big old wizard in there, who's like 50 feet tall. And then you got Gandalf, who's even shorter than me. So that's pretty short. Or Frodo, I mean. And Frodo and him are sitting there and they're having a conversation. And then Frodo's like, I wish the ring never came to me. And then Gandalf, being the encourager, was like, you know what? Everything comes for a reason. Everything, you're in your season for a reason. And he basically lifts up Frodo. He basically lifts up Frodo and he's just like, dude, you got this. You know, you're called to throw this rain into the volcano for a reason. Like you have a purpose and yada, yada, yada. Did you guys know that J.R. Tolkien was actually a Christian? He's the writer of Lord of the Rings. Man, you guys like, what do you guys like watch Barney still? You do? Okay. <laughs> have you guys heard of Narnia? Raise your hand if you've heard of Narnia. Anyways, I'll show you that video next week. It's a cool clip. You have Frodo who's doubting himself, who Frodo's the little hobbit like me. He's doubting himself and he's thinking, you know, like, I can't do this. But a lot of times you're going to feel not qualified in the season you're in, right? Everybody say qualified. So many of us don't feel qualified to do a lot of things. And before we had a relationship with God, we were what, sinful people. Would you agree that we're sinful people? Would you agree that we're sinful people? Yes. But God calls us out of that darkness into the light. So we go from sinner to saint. Now, I don't use the word saint a lot. You know, I'm not, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not a fan of the word saint, not because I'm like a Vikings fan, maybe. But anyway, saint is used a lot throughout scripture. You guys won't get that reference. In this, throughout scripture, you're going to read the word saint a lot. So we go from broken to saved, essentially, is what he is saying. And we go from lost to found. Would you say that when you have a relationship with God, that when you're putting him at the forefront of everything that you're doing, does stuff start to make sense? I mean, not all the time, but would you say that stuff starts to make sense? You feel like you kind of have a purpose? Question I have from you. So here's a question I want to ask you. And it's a question that I've never really thought about asking myself. You know, a question I've always thought is like, I hope when I go, when I go to heaven, I hope God says, well done, my good and faithful servant. And then I go into heaven, and then I'm partying with Jesus, kicking it with Moses and all that stuff. And it's going to be sweet. It's going to be awesome. But a thing I never asked myself is, am I a sinner or am I a saint? Everybody say sinner. Say saint. That kind of hits to me a little bit differently. Because when I think like, oh, well done, my good and faithful servant. It's like, yeah, I want to go to heaven one day. But that kind of speaks to me now. Am I a sinner or am I a saint? And I'm going to explain that a little bit. There's going to be times that you're going to feel disqualified for the season that God is putting you in. But did you know that God actually qualified us through the resurrection and death of Jesus Christ? Everybody say death. I'm going to get you guys liven up a little bit. Death. Thank you. So God actually qualified us when he sent Jesus to the cross. Because did you guys, you guys know what Jesus did on that cross? Like, why did Jesus die on the cross for us? Yes, absolutely. For our sins. Now, what do I say if you have your phone? You got your Bible. Like, nobody pulls out their phone when they say that, but I'm going to keep saying it. Oh, got me? Oh, thank you, dude. Thank you. So, say Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. Verse 19 says that, So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people, and you are members of God's family. 
So when we look at the word saint throughout scripture, and, and, and I don't know if you put it on the scripture or not if it went, but you will see the word saint a lot through many different translations. How many know there's so many different translations of the Bible, like King James, NIV, NLT, ESV, all that kind of stuff. There are so many different translations, but saint is a word that is always consistently used. And that's why we called the, I called the message today, I am a saint, because it describes us. God's saints, we're God's saints when we believe in him. We're his children. I like to say we're God's children, but saints brings more of a responsibility to it. When we look in the book of Romans, everybody say Paul. Paul was actually chosen by God to be an apostle to go out and preach the good news. Do you guys know what the good news is? Is it the Bible? Is it, I don't know what else to compare it to. Is it the Vikings winning the Super Bowl? Is that good news? Yes, it would be. Yeah. But anyway, so we look in Jesus. He comes down in earthly form, in human form. God comes down through the flesh of Jesus, right? And he's a part of actually King David's uh, bloodline. So this is a little bit of history, a little bit of theology for you. But Jesus was shown to be the son of God by being raised from the dead. So how did we know that Jesus was actually the son of God? What happened? He was raised from where? The dead. Was he? No, he wasn't raised from like Walmart. He wasn't raised from Target. He was raised from the tomb. So through Jesus, though, when Jesus was talking to his apostles or his disciples, he says, go and preach to all nations. Did you guys know that he said that in the scripture? And did you know that it didn't just stop when like Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and all of them died? It wasn't like, oh, those guys are dead. Now we're good to go. Do you know that it actually carries on to every single one of us? That we're supposed to be sharing the good news. That we're supposed to be sharing with people next to us. Did you know that? So everybody say Romans chapter 1, verse 7. You can, there we go. So Romans chapter one, verse seven, it says, I am writing to all of you in Rome who are loved by God and are called to be his holy people. You know who his holy people are? Us. Yes. His holy people say saints one more time. We are called to be saints, believe it or not, because God sees us in a much greater way than we look at ourselves. Have you guys ever gone, you know, you know how last week we talked about identity? We talked about identity. Well, because you weren't here. But you know how we talked? So last week we talked about identity and who we are in Christ. And God sees a big purpose for every single one of us. Some of you might think like, you know, I don't even know what I'm doing here. I don't even know what, know what I'm doing in life. But God has called you for a purpose. I've told you many times, never thought I'd be a pastor. I thought I'd be a salesman my whole life. God was calling me to be a salesman in that season. But now he's called me to be a pastor. And just like Kristen, she got her pastor certification, which is awesome. So Kristen's awesome. And if you don't know Kristen, she's my wife. But we are called to be saints because God has a purpose for every single one of us. Just when we feel like we're alone, God is going to give us his presence. God's going to make us feel that love. And just when we think that, you know, we are excluded from everything, that we don't know anything, that we're not knowledgeable enough, God is going to give you that wisdom. God is going to give you that guidance in whatever situation that you're sitting in. When we don't feel worthy of something, God is going to let you know that you're worth it. And how does he let you know that you're worth it is he sent his one and only son, John 3.16, to die on a cross for every single one of us. We, I know that might sound like cliche and preschool stuff and all that, but it's the truth. A man literally came down, didn't do anything wrong, took nails, was tortured. Did you know on that whip, they had glass, they had broken bones, they had all of that in the end of the whip that they were hitting Jesus in the back with? It wasn't just like, a, like this like leather whip. There was actually like stuff in it 
that was breaking open Jesus' skin. How he even survived, well, because he's God, was beyond me, though. But God calls us to be his saints. Say saints again. And that is a pretty amazing title to carry, would you agree? Like, to say that you're a saint of God, I mean, that sounds kind of like a pretty big title, doesn't it? But many of us will look at our lives and think, like, I'm not a saint at all. I'm not worthy enough to share the Bible with anybody. I'm not worthy enough to pray over anybody because we feel disqualified. I remember the first time that I publicly prayed over somebody, it was the most awkward thing in my life. It was so awkward. I actually walked away at the end because I didn't know how to follow up and what to do at the end. And hopefully she's still a Christian and maybe I didn't turn her away from Jesus. I don't know. But it was awkward. It was very awkward. But the more that you fall into that obedience, the easier it's going to get. The easier it's going to get. When we think about everything that God has done for us, the things that we don't even deserve, the, 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 I mean, the clothing that we wear, we don't, we don't deserve any of this, but God is so gracious that he provides this for every single one of us. But when you become a Christian and, and you really give your life to Christ, if nothing changes in your heart, there's, there's something wrong with that. And what I mean by that is, yeah, I'm not going to say every single sin in your life is going to go away. I'm not going to say that every temptation is going to go away. You're still going to have temptations. You're still going to want to fall back into that trap of that sin. But what I'm saying is when you make that heart change, that transformation for God, there should be something stirring new in you. You're going to want to know him more. You're going to want to read scripture more. You're going to want to sit and worship more to get to know God more. We had a guy at Life Group last week, completely new to Life Church. Sunday was his very, very, very first time to come to Life Church. And then Pastor Rich is like, hey, we got a young adults Bible study that you guys should go. Tate and Kristen, or it's over at Tate and Kristen's house. He's like, so your dad, he texts me and he's like, hey, there's, a new, there's this new guy coming. So I'm like, sweet. How long has he been at the church? Just trying to get some history. And he's like, first Sunday. I'm like, oh, he's probably not going to show up is what I thought. Because honestly, that's usually what happens, which is okay. And then I get a knock at the door. So I get a knock at the door and I open the door. I have no idea who the guy even is. And he says, hey, I'm so-and-so. Pastor Rich texted you. I was like, oh, sweet. So he shows up at our Bible study, meet the guy. Seems very nice, don't really know him, but he's quiet the whole Bible study. It's about two hours, two and a half hours. He's quiet the whole Bible study. And then I get to talking to him a little bit towards the end and we walk towards the door because he's about to leave my house. And I was like, hey, did you have fun here tonight? And he just starts crying. And I'm just like, oh, I don't know what to do. Why, why are you crying? And so he starts crying. I was like, you all right? And he's like, this was one of the greatest moments of my life. And I'm like, my, what? I'm not, like, we're boring. Like, I, I think I'm boring sometimes. And he's like, this was one of the greatest moments of my life. And so I kind of was like trying to pry at it a little bit. Like, why did you have so much fun? I didn't say, why did you have so much fun? Like, you shouldn't have fun. No, I genuinely was wondering like, you know, like, oh, what did you like about tonight? And he says, I felt a sense of community. And it made me realize that I'm like, okay, he said God was pushing him to go to church that morning, and he had no desire to even come to church, but God pushed him to go to church. So he was being obedient. And then he meets Pastor Rich, loves Pastor Rich's message. Pastor Rich invites him to Bible study, and he's like, you know what? I'm going to show up. I'm going to go. And he said it felt like home. He had this great sense of community, and he could just feel the presence of God. He's like, when's the next Bible study? When's the next young adults night? When's the next this, this, and this? And he's asking me all these questions. And you can see this radical change that just changes in his heart. He starts to, I notice, have this desire to know God more. And that's what we're supposed to do is when God is calling you into a season, we have to be obedient, right? There's going to be things that feel uncomfortable, but 
when we get too comfortable, God's going to get you uncomfortable. And I think that is so amazing. I saw some of our youth students at food share on Tuesday. That was last night. Food share last night. That was awesome. Saw Angel holding like so much bread in his hand. It was insane. Kristen showed me the picture. It was awesome. When you step out and get uncomfortable and do something maybe, and I'm not sure if you guys have before, but do something that you've never really done before, God is going to work a radical change in every single one of you. I guarantee it. Just like Frodo. <laughs> get the little hobbit that's like, nah, I'm, I'm not worthy of throwing this ring in the volcano. Really, he should have been squished because he's so little compared to everybody else. But he was being obedient to his calling of that season. And it came to him and it comes to us for a purpose when God is calling us. So I'm going to ask you again is, do you feel more like a saint or a sinner? A saint, oh, thank you, some of you for responding to that, or a sinner. And if you are sitting here tonight and you say, man, I feel so much more like a sinner than a saint, I'm not trying to make you feel bad at all. Because there has been seasons in my life, even now sometimes, where I'm just like, man, God, why, why am I even doing the things that I'm doing? I'm like, my mind's not right. I'm getting angry over dumb things. I may have smashed a fan the other day because, you know, I told you sometimes I get anger problems and I'm just being real and honest with you. I got mad at the fan because it wasn't working. So I went, boom, and it smashed the whole thing. It's like, whoops, I got to explain that one to the wife because sometimes we're not perfect, right? And I'm just being authentic with every single one of you because I don't want to act holier than thou because I am not. But are you a saint or a sinner? And you can do something about that. Ask yourself this question as well is, does your life reflect a set apart mentality. What do I mean by that? Are you allowing sin in your life to take over? Are you allowing sin in your life to completely take over because we do have the power to say no? And God gives us that willpower. And the easiest way to do that, even though it's hard, is to guard your heart. It's to completely guard your heart. Don't forget the calling that God is putting on your life. Because you're more than a believer, you are a saint. I'm going to jump right into Ephesians 5, 1 through 6. I'm going to read this fast. Ephesians 5, 1 through 6. It's actually titled, Living in the Light. So imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are the dear children. You are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes. Yes, the way we joke, the way we talk, the way we have conversations needs to be honoring to God. Some of you might hear a dirty joke and think, I'm going to tell this to my friend. Don't do it. Don't tell your friend a dirty joke. Some of you are giggling, and it's okay. But don't tell a dirty joke. Don't put somebody down. Don't make somebody feel defeated. The way you talk should enlighten somebody. Don't walk up to somebody and be like, bro, your, your shirt is stupid. What does that do? What does that do? Now, maybe pull them to the side and be like, bro, you need to change your shirt because it's a little awkward looking. Let me help you out, brother. Make sure they got good style if they do that. But what I'm saying is be honoring in the way that you're talking to people. But these are not for you. Instead, that there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins. For the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. So you see that word? 
the anger of God, I say it to you guys all the time, God knows we get angry, but it's what we do within our anger. Should I have smashed that fan? No, but it felt fantastic, being honest. And it really was broken. But then a bunch of dust came out. But anyways, for once you were full of darkness, but now you have the light from the Lord. So live as people of light, for this light within you produces only what is good and what is right and what is true. I added some what's in there, but it's okay. So live a life that reflects a saint. And we went through all that. We talked about what it means to be have your identity in Christ, what it means to be in Christ. But there's something that we need to look at is God really wants each and every one of us to live a holy lifestyle, you know, the best that we can. And he knows that we're not perfect, but he wants us to guard our hearts even over the temptations that are so tough. If you don't hate the sin that you are partaking in, you need to continue to pray about that. Let me clarify something. You don't hate the sinner, you hate the sin. Does that make sense? You don't hate, here's a good way to put it. And I'm sorry if there's Lakers fans in here. I'm just, uh, no, no, I don't hate the Lakers. Okay, I'll say Pelicans. They have a dumb name anyway. So the Pelicans. Let's say that you don't like the Pelicans, which is an NBA basketball team. So you might say like, I really don't like this team. I can't stand them. I hate the team. Does it necessarily, what if, but what if your favorite player got traded to the Pelicans? Does that make sense? So now your favorite player gets traded to the Pelicans. Are you going to hate the player? Or are you going to hate the team? But what I'm trying to tell you is that you can hate the sin and you're supposed to hate the sin, but don't be so hard on the person who's partaking in that sin. Show them grace instead. Show them love. Show them what being in Christ is about. Hate the sin, not the sinner. One of the easiest ways for me in the past, you know, to get over some of the sins I really struggled with, and everybody in here should be able to relate to this, is when you commit that sin, you feel pretty awful afterwards, don't you? When you know a sin is wrong and you still partake in that sin, you feel it right here. You feel guilty. You feel shame. Absolutely. If some of you say, no, I don't, well, check your heart and maybe your blood. So what I'm trying to say is like, so you feel guilty and you feel shame afterwards. One of the easiest things that I always put in my mind is like, I, there would be times I would be sitting there and I would be struggling like when I would want to put my fist through the door because of my really bad anger problems in the past, I remember the shame and the guilt that overcame me. And there'd be sometimes I'd go like this and then I'd stop because I remember I'm like, yeah, I felt pretty awful the last time I did this. Try to remember that. Try to remember the way that you feel after you commit that sin. And I almost can guarantee you that some of you, it's not going to stop you from doing it, but it's going to make you think twice. It's absolutely going to make you think twice. Try harder every single day to to guard your heart. And I'm going to give you one last point and then we're going to close. It's a simple point. Remove sin. Everybody say remove sin. Remove sin. Put blockers on your phone. Don't stay up late at night if staying up late at night gets you in trouble with some things. If you know a lot of you, if you have a friend group that's at school and you're like, oh, I know that they're gossiping. I know they're talking bad about somebody. Don't walk up and talk with them. Guard your heart. Because I know that peer pressure is easy to fall into that. If you know your friends are going to go have a fun time on the weekends, and I'm not talking like Jesus fun time, I'm talking like partying and all that kind of stuff, don't go with them. Don't even text them. And you know what? And be brutally honest with them. Tell them, I don't want to partake in that. I don't want to do that. Just tell them. They, they might hate you for it. So what I want to say to you 
is that if there is sin in your life, everybody bow their head and close their eyes, please. If there is sin in your life, if there is sin in your life, don't make room for it any longer. And what I mean by that is, like, like I said earlier, is guard your heart. Surrender it to Jesus tonight, to the cross. And really just embrace your identity in Christ as God's royalty, as God's saints. So you guys know the drill. I'm going to pray over two things. I'm going to pray. The first thing I'm going to pray over, well, actually, it's technically going to be the last thing. But what I'm, one of the things I'm going to pray over is I want to pray that, you know, the sin is not going to continuously have a hold on your life. And every head bowed, every eye closed, because I can see if you're looking at me. But if there is sin that you are struggling with in your life, can you put your hand in the, in the air? It's not because I'm going to make fun of you or I'm not going to judge you for it. I want to know who I'm praying for. And there's a lot of hands raised. This is awesome. And I'm going to raise my hand too. That Even that anger I had the other day just goes away. It was so dumb. But maybe if some of you are in here tonight and you've never given your life to God, would you put your hand in the air as well? Awesome. This is amazing. All right, so I'm going to pray for the second thing first. Father, we just come before you today. God, first of all, I just want to thank you for your obedience of never giving up on me. God, I know that I was not made perfect, but I want to just put my sins at the cross. So God, forgive me of my past. God, forgive me of my wicked ways. God, make me new in you. God, I believe that your word is true. I believe that your word can speak into my life. So God, I want to honor you the best of my ability. God, I believe that you sent your son Jesus to die on that cross so that we can have new life. So that we could be made whole in you. So God, I just come before you today to give my life to live after you from this moment on. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm gonna make this one fast. Father, we just thank you again for just being there for every moment of our life. God, these sins that are getting in our way, we just pray, Lord, that you'll be able to take all those temptations away. Give us the means, give us the avenue that when we start, our mind starts to play with us, that when the enemy starts barking in our ear, God, that you give us the confidence and the boldness to stand up in our faith to be able to honor you. And even for those of us in here tonight, including myself, that might slip up, that might fall back, don't let us feel a guiltiness for it, God, but give us a way that we can conquer that so that we won't do it again. So God, I just pray that you continue to put a newness in these students' hearts, Lord, these leaders' hearts, my heart, so that we can continue to learn new things about you every day, that every day we feel the Holy Spirit and the love that you give every single one of us. So God, I just thank you again for sending your son to die on that cross to give us a new chance, to give us a new life. So God, we thank you, we praise you, and we give you all the honor. In Jesus' mighty name we say, and all God's people say it. Hey, thank you again so much for listening to this podcast. I truly hope it inspired you. Make sure you click that follow button for future episodes and to follow us on the rest of our social media platforms. You have a great rest of the day. God bless.